Welcome to the Career Conversations podcast brought to you by Hunter Recruitment Group. I'm Craig McGregor and thanks for listening. Today we have a really a really in-depth look at uh, a career that's been halted by personal issues, by domestic violence and what that's brought out is a change in career but also it's been a real development in a passion, uh, exploring a passion area and taking it into a new direction in not only life but business. Shireen Smith someone that I met uh, a few years back when I first started my business as part of a networking group and I loved working with Shireen as part of that group and I've also loved watching her career arc and see her grow and, and flourish into different roles and also really like seeing how she's come back from, from something quite horrific. So sit back and enjoy our life and career conversation with Shireen Smith. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hunter Recruitment Group, specialists in permanent recruitment, labour hire and HR consulting. Start a conversation with us today via our website hrgroup.com.au or at our socials, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. Welcome to the Career Conversations podcast, Shireen Smith. Hi Craig, how are you going? So we might just start at the start for you, hey? So tell us about your school experience and what you wanted to do when you left school. What was your career goal? Oh, my career goal, I wanted to be an archaeologist. I wanted to go okay. and work in the pyramids in Egypt. Is that because you liked that sort of stuff at school or why uh, was that? I think it was the mystery of it all and I now know that I love rocks. So I probably would have really gotten into geology as well. I just um, spent a lot of time looking after my little brothers and sisters. So I didn't do real well at school and it just unfortunately didn't happen. Yeah, okay. So what happened then after school? So you weren't an archaeologist, you didn't go digging, what did you do? Well, I left school at 3.30 on the 2nd of December 1977. That's amazing that you can remember that. I know, I know. And at 4.30 that afternoon, I had myself a full-time position at Fleming's in Katoomba as a checkout chick. Checkout chick, good stuff. And I started at 8.30 on the following Monday, which was the 5th of December. And so you just wanted to work. School, yeah. You'd had school, you just wanted a job. Craig, I started working when I was five. Yeah, I okay. used to clean silver for very pernickety old women in my neighbourhood and I started out earning one and two cent pieces. I worked my way up and within two years I was earning 20 and 50 cent pieces and I was renowned as the best silver polisher in the neighbourhood and I used to use the money to buy lollies for my brothers and sisters and I on a Saturday so and that was where I learnt my customer service skills working for very crotchety difficult old women. Was it a bit entrepreneurial too it wasn't your normal pathway of someone getting a job back in those days I'm guessing? Well people have said to me over the years that I'm an entrepreneur but I've never really seen myself that way I just have a community spirit and a good work ethic and we weren't very rich we you know well we weren't rich at all when we were growing up and it was just great to be able to go to the corn shop and buy a big brown bag full of lollies for 50 cents on a Saturday and share them with my little brothers and sisters up in our cubby house or while we were climbing the pine tree it was heaps of fun yeah okay was it hard work though polishing silver uh 
It was to start with, I think the hardest part was dealing with the personalities. Yeah, okay. Each of the ladies was different. But in the end, they all just thought that I had a sweet nature and we'd have afternoon tea. They'd bake scones and or fairy cakes and we'd have a cup of tea and we'd have the china and the silver and all of that. So I think for them it was really good because they were lonely. When I look back now, I can see that they were lonely and it was a bit of company, even if it was this silly little girl, that they had to teach how to polish silver. But their silver shone, I can tell you that, and they didn't have to clean their silver for themselves for years. And it's a dirty job. <laughs> so you're, you're a worker, you've established that. Yes. You've left school and an hour later yep. you've got yourself a job. So yeah. tell me about that checkout chick job. Was it good good grounding? Oh, it was fantastic. And I started out at 14 and nine months. I got myself a checkout chick job on a Thursday night and a Saturday morning in Lawson in the Blue Mountains. And then I stepped up. I went to full time and it was fantastic. And I stayed there until I became a young mum uh, with my first son, Douglas. So did... When you, if you look back at that time in your life, did you want to work in that space or was it just about getting a job? I think it was about getting a job and when I left high school that just day... Just providing for yourself, was yeah, that what it was about? Yeah, I had my school certificate and I just went around and showed it to employers and Mr Martin, when I showed it to him at the checkout, he came downstairs from the office upstairs, I was quite brash you know, 15 years old, saying, I'd like to see the manager, please, because I want a job here. And he came down and he agreed to give me a start. And I think the best part about it was I loved working with people. And as a checkout chick, I met so many people. And I had customers that would line up to come to me because they liked my personality. I love that story, though. I, I, you know, we do career coaching here and, and I call it old school. I tell people, you know, in this day and age, you, you send off your resume and you hope you get an interview. Well, those people that knock on the door or those people that take their resume to an employer that they want to work with and ask to speak to the manager or the hiring manager, they're the ones that get a job. And so you did that however many years ago it was and it was successful. And I think that approach may be still successful today. So good work. Thanks, Greg. I still use that approach today and it works every single time. Yeah, very good. So what happened next? So you're, you're, you're a, a mum? Yes. So did you have time off to be a full-time mum or were I you did. working? Yes. No, no, no. I had time off to be a full-time mum. I did a little bit of retail work. By then I moved to the Central Coast and I worked in retail in a dress shop in Suzanne actually. That was fantastic because we used to get free clothes and I loved it. <laughs> I had the fashion of every season and I had the brightest, most colourful clothes as always. So that was fantastic. But then um, when Kane came along, I was definitely a full-time mum until he was about 18 months old, but I needed to be around adults, I needed to be around people, so I got into party plan, I started out as an Avon lady, then I became a very successful Tupperware lady, and then after that... So hang on, you're telling me that you're not entrepreneurial, I know those businesses, they're pyramid scams... Yeah. <laughs> You've got to be entrepreneurial to be successful in those businesses. If you just sit back on your laurels and don't organise a party or don't sell Tupperware, yeah. then you make no money. That's true. And the really difficult thing about Tupperware is that it has a lifetime guarantee. So you're always churning customers and I'm about building relationships. That's really important to me. And my upline was really pushy. She was definitely money-oriented <laughs> and... So she wanted to push me, push me, push me and that just went against all my values. And I remember being in the supermarket one day 
and I saw a Tupperware customer and she said, Shireen, you're the only Tupperware lady that I've never run away from. And I said, why? And she said, because you're not pushy. Yeah, well, that, that's, I just was going to say, that's really interesting because that's how I see or perceive those kinds of sales techniques that they are, they're pushy. And it's kind of counterproductive that mm. you're talking about building relationships, but doing that in a pushy environment is very, very difficult to do. So... So, but you were still successful in that space, which is yeah, interesting in itself. So, yeah, I was. And did that then bring you? Because I've known you I later am. in life about <laughs> that. Network. I used to call you a networking queen. Yeah, thank is you. Is that what? Um, do you think that was the start of your networking career? Oh, absolutely. Even back to being a child, you know, fundraising for the Salvos Red Shield Appeal went up from the age of six, you know, and getting out there talking to people. I've always been a bit of a chatterbox. I've always been friendly, made friends everywhere I go, and people have said that I could sell sand to Arabs and ice to Eskimos. Never tried it, so I don't know that I could. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that, um, yeah, the relationship building is very important for me. I'm very community-oriented. I do a lot lot of volunteering and fundraising and I love that it just it makes my heart sing yeah okay so you've been a mum now you're working in I suppose the the best bit about those sorts of roles too with Tupperware and those things is you can do it from home mm. so you can support your family and be with your kids mm. um, tell me about when you when you stopped being a full-time mum and got a, a another role when was that when was the next role that you got oh well selling I became a student Okay, went back yeah, to school. Yeah, yeah, I went back to TAFE, which was fantastic. I ended up, um, found out I'm an A-grade student and I hadn't done well at school and then I found out I was an A-grade. So, what was that? So, you know, you've, you've got, is it maturity? Is it desire? Is it you had a target, a goal? What made you apply yourself at TAFE more than at school? Well, it's probably a little bit sad, but we had a lot of stress at home. We had domestic violence. Um, at home and it wasn't our dad um, and so I it was very much about survival and that was why I used to want to look after my little brothers and sisters and then I had been told that I was stupid and then when I started going to TAFE and I found out that I wasn't I realised that I was a bit behind the eight ball and so then I really strived to do well because I felt that in some ways I'd been cheated and that hadn't been able to realise my dreams of being a ballerina, being an archaeologist, travelling the world, digging the, digging the ground, you know. So, and my boys were growing up and I wanted to improve our standard of living. I was a single parent for 17 years with my boys and I wanted to improve our standard of living and give them the best chance possible. But I also wanted to set an example for my children and I guess prove to my family that I wasn't stupid and that they could be proud of me as well. So what did you study? What was it that you I started? Yeah, I started out with the Q course, which was the Certificate of Career Education for Women, which is the equivalent to your school certificate. And that was where I started and then from there, Craig, I went on and I did a diploma in business, uh, business administration, frontline management, uh, certificate four in general education, which is the TAFE teacher qualification. Okay. And then I also, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, did the NICE program, yep. which is the New Enterprise Incentive Scheme, a government-funded project overseen by DUA, the Department of Education and Workplace Relations. And in that, I did a certificate for in 
small business management and at the moment I'm completing a diploma qualification at a beauty school in aromatherapy massage. Very good. So look, yeah. I'm fascinated by what, I'm always fascinated by the why, but I'm fascinated by the why people study. So I did a bachelor's degree in uh, business and when I first started that I wasn't really sure if it was what I wanted to do. I actually did transfer from commerce because I hated accounting. And so then I just loved the law subjects and it just mm. was fascinated by the human resources stuff, hence why I continued to study that. So step me back. So you're at TAFE, you've done your Q course, you've now made a decision to do, what was the first course you did after that again? Oh, well, after that, that was when I went and did um, frontline management. Frontline management. Yeah. So why frontline management? Why did you go, that's the course for me? Because I wanted to have the appropriate skills for the workplace. So I started to move Did you have a workplace in mind or was it just, I want to get frontline skills? A bit of both. I had a, front, I had a workplace in, in mind and I, and I was working as well. I was PA to a human resource manager. Yeah, okay. And I was working in workplace rehabilitation for injured workers and things like that. And there were things that I didn't understand. And I realised that without an education, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I was hungry and I'm still hungry for knowledge. I research and read articles every single day. Today, I research different things to what I did back then. But I think that then once I did the frontline management, it was like, well, what other areas of business could I be more savvy in if I had more qualifications? And I love the classroom environment as well because there's at least 22 different ways to do something and still get a great result. And I wanted to be open to learning from other people and being in that environment where you work on projects together, which is all about teamwork, collaboration, negotiation. It taught me so many different things and I just wanted to better myself. Very good. You talked about the TAFE teaching qualification. Have Mm. you used that? Have you taught? No. It was actually funny because I did so well in frontline management and people like yourself, had seen me when I was working for Hunter Business Chamber, being a notable networker and helping people. And some of the TAFE teachers came to me and said that they wanted me to be teaching at TAFE and they wanted me to get this qualification. So I agreed to it. And my CEO at the time, Peter Shinnick, fantastic guy, he said, we'll put you through a traineeship. And so the chamber put me through a traineeship, which was bizarre because I was in senior management and on salary. And um, I went along and I did this course and I had a great time doing it. And as I said before, I just wanted to better myself and to be able to contribute more into the workplace. Yeah, okay. So let's, before, I wanted to talk about that role at the chamber for um, a little bit later on, but I was just... Still winding your way through your career. So yeah. when I met you, I think you were working for an IT company. I was. That was Century Networks. Yeah, which Century is, Networks. That's yeah, the one. Yeah, Century Networks with Stephen Begley. Um, it's no longer around, but I was selling... Um, he was the original founder in Australia after working with organisations internationally like Microsoft. He was the one that found the fully managed network for a fixed monthly fee with unlimited support remotely. So this this is the Shireen can sell anything question, wasn't it? 
I know and that was so tough because I'm so not technical whatsoever and I didn't think that I would have the skills to be able to do that job but I did and I did really well and the interesting thing that I found... Because I had a great teacher, I learned from him and I wasn't scared to ask questions even if I felt really inept and I was able to help the IT guys to understand about relationship building and customer service which is something that technically, because of their technical skills, they hadn't had the opportunity to learn before. So we were able to collaborate as a team and we worked really closely together and that was really good. But also... You're missing a big part of that. It was that you had to go out there and build relationships with customers. So yes, you you were at the forefront selling the product. Behind you was this team of IT guys that really you didn't need to know the technology or the technical parts of their business. So you're teaching them the customer service side, but you had to go and build the relationships. And I think that's that's what I find fascinating. That mm. you know I've been in similar role to you as, as well. That it was a technical role that you weren't a technical person, but you were successful for one reason, and that's because of relationships. Absolutely, but also, and it was relationships that went in two directions, so it was internal and external customer service. And I used to go to my IT guys and go, hey guys, I've got an organisation with 17 employees, what size small business server do we need for them? What kind of setup do we need from them? So for every single customer that I was talking to who was a potential customer of ours, I got to learn what their needs were and then I was able to relay that back to them and people appreciated the fact that I wasn't just there to sell them and to sign the contract, I was giving them a solution. Exactly. Yeah, very good. Hmm. And so I remember having a conversation with you when you were working for those guys and and we were talking about your career and where you wanted to go to and we were talking about your skill sets and and your passions and what you wanted to do and, and then a job came up. Mm. Tell me about that job. Oh, that was with Hunter Business Chamber and it was just, even now, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. It's one of the best opportunities that I've ever had in my life and I saw it advertised and I thought, oh, you know, don't know whether I could. I'd been going along to chamber events as a member, networking, and I remember ringing Jill Wyborn and saying, look, you know, I see that you've got a job advertised, closes tomorrow, I've only just seen it. Do you think that, you know, do you think that I should apply? And she was like, yes, Shireen, you should apply. So I did. I was awake all night (laughs) putting together my application and I sent it off the next day and lo and behold, I actually got a an interview and you I was talking to you at the time I was so scared and I got the interview and then later that day Jill rang me it was 10 past five and I had a missed call on my mobile I rang her back and she said oh we'd like to offer you the job and when can you start and all of that sort of stuff before we get to the the offer I I still remember the yeah Shireen that came into my office she was scared and worried about that interview and (laughs) I gave you some techniques and some Mm. tips on how to be effective in the interview and how to sell yourself, which was crazy because you're in sales and so good at that. Um, But I still remember just saying, you've just got to go into that meeting understanding and knowing that this is the role for you and Mm. what happens, happens. And the more preparation you had, the more networking you did and understanding the people that were going to interview you and all those different tips, and then you just nailed it. And I knew you would. And so when you gave me that phone call to say that you got the job, 
I'd already known. <laughs> <laughs> I felt really bad because I felt like you didn't really get anything out of it I at got the a lot time. Out of that. And it's not you, about money. Yeah, and you, well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, you'd helped me heaps. And the thing is, though, Craig, I don't see myself as a salesperson. I've seen sharky salesperson people that are just after the dollar, the mighty dollar. At the end of the day, if you provide good customer service to people, they'll buy from you because they trust you and they believe you and they know that you want the best for them and that you'll do the best for them. But when Jill rang me, so, you know, so I sort of, I didn't have the confidence in myself that you had in me at that time. But when Jill rang me that afternoon and offered me the role and I said yes and, you know, and we worked out when I'd be able to start and everything and and then she called me back five minutes later and she said, oh, Shireen, we didn't talk about money. And I went, oh, Jill, I didn't even think about that, you know. <laughs> Poor negotiation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she said, how does blah, blah, blah? And I was like, wow, I was kicking up my heels and I was like, I think yeah, I do. think that will be adequate. <laughs> Thank you, Jill, you know, and then I'm off the phone and I was just cheering and jumping up and down with joy, you know, and I thought I'm finally becoming a success. Tell me about the job. What did you do? I sold chamber memberships, yeah. but I also represented the chamber at the state level with New South Wales Business Chamber and I also represented them at the Australian at the very first Australian Chambers Congress which was an amazing opportunity. I attended over 300 networking events each year. I had over 300 meetings, business meetings a year. I would work sometimes 50, 60, 70 hours a week. And I remember I started, it was the 15th of September when I started and in the following April, I went into my CEO, Peter Shinnick, and I said, Peter, guess what? And Peter was a funny fellow. He knew how to He's do... He's from Maitland, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. he might have been involved with the Maitland Chamber and then went down to the Hunter Chamber. Oh, well, he's an amazing person. Yeah. A very strong military background and a great leader. A red leader. He's a driver. Yep. Whereas I'm a nurturer. And then I was working with Erin Money, who is a green, a green driver, and she is a analytical so the three of us worked really well together and but the interesting thing was that I remember I I had a KPI I had to sell 10 memberships a month and that was across the year even when I was on leave my average had to be 10 a month and so every month I couldn't sleep I couldn't settle until I reached that target and I realised Richard Ford, who was my coach for a while, amazing person, he was my coach for a while and he said that KPIs were against my values because I'm a relationship builder, not money-oriented, money yeah, sales-oriented. Okay. Anyway, the April came and I went into Peter's office and I knocked on the door, come in, come in, Shireen. And I said, Peter, guess what? And he said, what? I said here's my latest memberships and I slapped 17 in front of him. Yeah, well done. And he said, and he looked at me and he said, what have you done? I said, I've sold 27 memberships this month. And he said to me, Shireen, take a seat. And I sat down and he said, Shireen, you have to slow down. (laughs) And I was like, why? I said, you want me to have an average of 10 a month? You're going to suck me if I don't do it. I've got to have some under my belt. What if I get sick? What if I don't sell any one month? And he said to me, Shireen, we can't service them all. 
we need you to slow down. So after that, by the time I ended at Hunter Business Chamber, after five years, my average was 17.5 members per month, 12 months of the year. So I pulled it back a little bit, but yeah. But it was so much fun. I got to meet some amazing people. You know, I mean, I got to meet the distributor for New South Wales, distributor of chicken manure. In Beresfield. Yep. And we've got the mines and we've got the vineyards and we've got horse studs and we've got... I remember one day when I launched, and you would know, Craig, when I launched the um, the local Chamber Alliance program in The Hunter. Yep. And I had 40 local chambers, business alliances and straight committees to look after. And one day I drove from a meeting in Merriwar after having been at the chamber function at seven o'clock in Musselbrook up to Merriwar for a meeting with the president up there and I drove, it took me five and a half hours <laughs> to drive from there to Tea Gardens. That's how big my yeah, area big was. Area. And I went, yeah, and I went to their chamber function that night. So I got to see the Hunter Valley and I got to meet amazing people here in the Hunter, but also in Sydney and from all around the state, from Illawarra, from Wagga, from all sorts of different places, you know, up north, up the coast, Lismore, people who were doing my role and we'd all come together once a year for our big conferences or twice a year sometimes for our big conferences with New South Wales Business Chamber, who's big brother. And so I just, you know, it was amazing. I met amazing people and I helped businesses. I helped people connect the dots. I helped them learn how to promote their business. I helped them meet the people that they wanted to meet. I helped them, people that moved to the Hunter that didn't have any friends and didn't know anybody and were just starting out. I took them under my wing and I helped them. So let me ask you maybe a tough question yeah you can tell the our listeners won't be able to tell this but <laughs> the passion the expression your body language so positive when you talk mm-hmm. about this job yeah why did it end why did you finish i got married yeah okay yeah um i met a fellow and he swept me off my feet and he had a dream to have a wife that would want to work in small business with him yep and we got engaged and lived together, started living together, got married and I left the chamber one week and two weeks later started in small business with him yeah, okay. and became a courier in the mines, driving a ute, yep. wearing steel cap boots, high vis, <laughs> a hard hat, safety glasses and pink gloves. Nice. <laughs> so do you miss the chamber work? Do you look back at it and go, oh, that was... It was almost like the culmination of your networking and sales wrapped up into the role. Do you miss that work? Uh, I did to start with, but then, as you're aware, I had domestic violence and my marriage, I lost my marriage, got sacked out of the family business, locked out of my bank accounts, ended up living in Carrie's Place Women's Refuge and in danger. And so I've had a big journey from there. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, yeah. in terms of career, yeah. like we've just talked about, you've, you're at this high for yeah. the chamber yeah. and then you've had personal life that's now eaten away at that. Mm. What are you doing or how are you getting it back? Well, you know, and you're right, it did eat away at it. I had people that turned their back on me yeah, okay. and people that saw that, saw that, felt that I didn't, serve any purpose for them any longer and so they moved on 
because I couldn't help them the way that I'd been helping them when I was with the chamber. And I realised that even though I'm a great relationship builder, it's not really about the person, it's about the role sometimes for some people. Those people that we call networking sharks, for example. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, but I... So they don't have the giver's gain mentality? No, they don't. No, they don't. So I had to start to think outside of the box because... The situation that I ended up in and some of the disabilities that I ended up with as a result of it, I had a broken hip that was broken in violence, as was my foot, I ended up with PTSD, um, I, have, I sustained some brain damage that left me with a stutter and things like that, so I've had to start to learn to talk again. So one thing that I did was I did the NICE program, the New Enterprise Incentive Scheme, and launched my little business, Serenity Sounds. Yep. Three days after I launched my business, my ex-husband came after me and I ended up, without going into the gory details, ended up in hospital and off work for another five months and things like that. Got exited from the NICE program contract because mm. I couldn't meet the requirements. And people said to me, what are you going to do with your quartz singing crystal bowls? What are you going to do with Serenity Sounds? And that just seemed to me like, without meaning anything derogatory towards my friends that asked me that, that was just such a stupid question. Because it was like, well, what do you think I'm going to do with them? One day I'm going to do what I was going to do with Serenity Sounds anyway. One of my friends who's... Well, an, yeah, that's, it's, it's yeah. interesting that you reflect yeah. on that. Like, the, the story that you're telling is, you know, we're the Career Conversations podcast and your career was halted your career mm. got you know not by you mm. but by someone else um and the circumstances that occurred there um you're on this pathway to return mm. you're on this pathway to creating serenity sounds uh, me being your friend that would have been my question too mm. um what are you gonna do with that mm. that stuff so mm. you know that, that i suppose that may if you look back at it differently that may have been your friends going we support you we want to see you do something when are you going to do it type mm. scenario yeah, maybe so. It was um, very challenging at the time, but I just knew that I had this dream because I'd changed so much through the experience that I'd had. Working in the mines and seeing the dog-eat-dog world there and how people were suffering, I'd go into those into those um, places to do deliveries and they'd be like, oh, Miss Pink Gloves is here, you know, because I couldn't use the straps on my ute without gloves and the big gloves, man-sized gloves, were just ridiculous on my hands. So I went and bought a pair of garden gloves and the only colour I could get was pink. So I earned a reputation as being Miss yep. Pink Gloves and when they'd ring dispatch, they would ask for me and, you know, I'd go into their... A delivery area and the guys would tell me all their problems and stuff you know and I started to see that there's a lot of people in the world that are really hurting and then when I got so hurt and injured myself it helped me to start to open my eyes to see the world needs a bit more from my nurturing ability and so there was never going to be a time when Serenity Sounds wasn't going to be around because it was about self-care and teaching other people that. And so I continued with that. And then I became a volunteer worker um, because, you know, we wanted to get me back to work and I had a rehabilitation coordinator and everything and I couldn't speak properly and I couldn't think properly at the time because my brain wasn't working as well as it is again today. And a lovely lady, Anne Morris, who was my 
friend and mentor at TAFE many years before. She was the boss at Hunter Women's Centre, which is a locked facility. It was a safe workplace. It was all women. And she took me under her wing as a volunteer and then ended up giving me a job. She helped me to learn to talk again. She helped me to learn how to use my skills like Excel and Word documents. And she had me um, put together a huge event, which was an art exhibition that was filled with artworks from women who had experienced domestic and family violence and abuse. So then I started to realise that I was starting to help others. I wanted to give back to Carrie's place as well, who'd helped me and um, so much and saved my life, literally. And so I started to do some volunteer fundraising for them as well. So this is pretty amazing that you're using something so negative and turning it into a positive for your career. I did a lot of soul searching, Craig, and I remember it being in my bed at the at the um, women's refuge, rocking, and I was crying. I couldn't stop, and I remember looking up at the sky and saying to the universe, "Please help me how to love. Please help me learn how to love. Please help me learn how I can come from my heart." I don't want to be filled with bitterness and hate. Even though I'm never going to be around these people anymore, I will not allow them in my life. I don't want to come from a place of bitterness and love. So please help me to do that. And I had to do a lot of soul searching and I had to change a lot of things in my life and start to set boundaries and learn self-care and start to think about how I wanted to show up in the world and how I wanted to make a difference. And I've had some amazing people help me along the way, people like yourself and Anne and James Cobb from Total Balance Chiropractic. I work there part-time a couple of hours a week looking after marketing and promoting our healthy posture presentations. And, you know, um, yeah, so, yeah, it's about... So tell me that now. So yeah. let's talk about today. What is your career? What are you doing? Well, today, <laughs> gosh, well, I have Serenity Sounds, which I'm building, and so now so I've been... What is Serenity Sounds? Yeah, Tell us. So, so Serenity Sounds is peace for the heart. That's my tagline. Yep. And I realise now that I do soul work with people, people that want to change their lives, that want to learn self-care and that want to start doing something different for themselves and that may have begun to come onto a spiritual, non-religious spiritual journey in their life. And so I do sound therapy, which is there's a lot of science emerging around it, around the benefits of sound therapy. It activates left and right brain hemispheres, syncing the brain, harmonising, connects with the DNA, promotes healing, the sound waves actually rearrange damaged cells in the body. So if I needed to access this yep. therapy, is there yep. a website? How do I do it? Uh, I don't have a website. I do have a Google Business page Google business and I okay. have a Facebook page and a LinkedIn page, a Twitter profile and also an Instagram page for Serenity socials, Sounds. Eh? Yes, that's right. Or you can just ring me yep. <laughs> as Old well. School. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes that's the best way because everyone has different needs. And I need to start building that relationship with people because they need to feel safe with me. This is a very vulnerable area when people get into this point in their life. It's vulnerable and they need to feel safe. And because I'm a mum and a grandma and a nurturer, it's easy to help most people feel safe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I do that. Um, I teach people 
earthing, barefoot earthing and forest bathing and six weeks ago started a walking trails group which we're only doing during the winter and spring months. Now that there's no mozzies and it's not too hot so we go bushwalking and and things like that, teach people the benefits of hugging a tree and being involved, being in the forest, uh, inhaling all of the beautiful essential oils that get emitted from the trees and being around the ocean with the 84 trace elements and minerals in the salt air. So there's lots of science about the ben- around the benefits of what I do. And then twice a week at Sense of Health and Wellbeing in Lambton, Lee Clements has been amazing. She's helping me to rebuild my life as well. And I have on Wednesday nights and Saturday mornings, I do a sound therapy relaxation meditation group as well. I can do corporate events and I also have some private clients that I can work with. So how does this differ from your past career path, do you think? It's not corporate. Not corporate? It's not corporate. And look, you know, I, I have... Does it fit you better? Oh, now, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. You know, one of my girlfriends this morning, I was off giving her and her sister, who's down from Queensland, an Ayurvedic Indian head massage each. And my friend said, now, Shireen, this is a term of endearment, but I do say to Kerry that you are my tree-hugging hippie girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, so, and I think that... Because a tree-hugging hippie wouldn't have worked as a salesperson at the Hunter Business Chamber. No, but it's funny because I remember sitting on the lounge at Goldberg's one Saturday and I had a hippie dress on and my hair was out and I had no makeup and I had no shoes on. I was cross-legged on the lounge. My friend Adam Price came in and he looked at me. He didn't recognise me to start with. I'm like, Ads, here I am, Adam. And he was <laughs> like, oh, my God, how can we get the blend of you during the week and you on the weekend and put you together? Yeah. Because he said it was just like, you know, two completely different ends of the spectrum. But I was fitting the corporate world. Mm. But I don't fit the corporate world any longer. It's cool. hard work and I've been through too much. I'm very grateful to the corporate world because I wouldn't have gotten to where I am today with my business skills and my relationship skills and my contacts. I wouldn't know you yeah. if it hadn't been for that. And so I'm blessed to have had that. But now I feel that I have something deeper that I can offer all my friends in the corporate world in terms of managing the stress that they experience. And when we look at statistics, statistics show mm. the highest percentage for work, accepted workers' compensation claims is for mental stress. Yep. And I help people relieve that. Okay. So we have this thing on the Career Conversations podcast, we call it our time machine. Oh, yes. So if we rewound the clock to 20-year-old Shireen, mm-hmm. given what you know today, what advice would you give her? The advice that I would give me today, knowing what I know today, if I was 20 now, would be enjoy being a mum because your boys are going to grow up and move away (laughs) and they won't need you anymore. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about not working right now because you're going to work in the future. You're a good worker. You're a hard worker. You'll be successful. Just have fun being a mum. Sit on the floor and play with your kids. Yep. Yeah, it's time. Absolutely. Yeah. And family comes first, Craig. Yep. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I hope you've enjoyed being our guest on our Career Conversations podcast. I have. Thank you, Craig. A special thanks to our guest today, Shireen Smith. Her authenticity, her honesty 
really shone through in today's conversation and it was a little bit more in-depth than our usual career conversations and we really thank her for her openness. If you'd like to know more about her business, Serenity Sounds, she has a Facebook page, so search that out on Facebook and that's Serenity Sounds. For more editions of our podcast, be sure to check out our webpage, hrgroup.com.au, where you can subscribe at iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening to the Career Conversations podcast brought to you by Hunter Recruitment Group.